Here's the deal. Eating, working out, and having a body is meant to feel easy and natural, not like World War III. And that starts with thinking about these things differently. Shift your inner world and start thriving. This is the Think to Thrive podcast. Hang with me here every Wednesday where I'll be chatting with women who have gone from full speed ahead on the struggle bus to ease and flow in their health journey so that you can too. I'm Jenny Lurch, your host. I'm a certified health and wellness coach, intuitive fitness trainer, and body empowerment enthusiast. It is my literal life's mission on the planet to help women liberate themselves from the diet culture suck fest so that they can finally find flow in their health journeys and experience a joy-filled, meaningful, fun AF life. All right, ladies, let's freaking do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Think to Thrive. I am so glad that you are here with me today and here with my incredible guest, our incredible guest, Elizabeth Tripp. Elizabeth is a New York-based lifestyle design coach and spiritual teacher. As a featured radio talk show host on Talk Radio NYC, a Thrive Global contributor and a national public speaker, Elizabeth is recognized as a thought leader in spirituality, well-being, and prosperity. She's the owner and founder of ElizabethTrip.com, a coaching practice where she awakens ambitious women and men to the beauty of their soul's journey by helping them see the true beauty of their body and their life. It is Elizabeth's calling to empower other people to feel truly healthy, happy, and radiate with joy because they love themselves and their lives more than they ever have before. She believes the secret to loving your body and your life starts with believing you deserve to. Elizabeth teaches her clients to see their own journey and create their own path. By helping people to understand who they really are and the purpose behind why they have chosen their body in the life they're leading. With Elizabeth's unique capacity for sensing and understanding the feelings of others, as well as her ability to feel and communicate with spirit guides and past loved ones, she helps her clients believe it's possible to love their body and their life, and therefore dissolve their struggles with their well-being once and for all. And this conversation is as powerful as that bio sounds. Real quick. This is your last chance to fill out the listener connection form if you haven't yet. This is my way of hearing from you, what you love about the podcast, what you want to be different, what sort of guests you want me to have on, what kind of questions that you want me to ask. I would so appreciate if you took like two minutes to fill it out because I want to support you all in the best way possible. The link is in the show notes. Okay. And so I now present to you the incredible Elizabeth Tripp. Okay. Elizabeth Tripp, thank you so much for being with me today. How How's it going? Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jenny. I am doing very well and as always, just really looking forward to a beautiful conversation. Mm, same, same. So to kick things off and to get people listening more acquainted with 
kind of who you are. We're going to pretend that this is your dating profile. So share a little bit about um, who you are, what you do, what sort of things you enjoy. Ah, well, I am a fun, very light and spirited individual. Um, I love to be in nature and by the ocean. I love really ah, just walking in such presence in life and really answering that call to awaken people to the beauty of our life's journey. I love that. And so I just love living. And really, that definitely means outdoors. And that definitely means being with family. And that definitely means experiencing. So that's really in true essence who Elizabeth Tripp is. Yes, you definitely give off the most grounding vibes ever and also like super magical. So everything <laughs> makes a lot of sense. So tell us about what you do for work. Yeah, I am what I call a lifestyle design coach and spiritual teacher. And truly, I awaken people to the beauty of their life by really bringing them through a sort of spiritually guided experience where I help them start to love themselves again, love their body again. And it's so beautiful for me to see that because they begin to create their own path and choose their own way of living and how they want to be healthy and what makes them feel radiantly joyful. And really, it's such an incredible thing to do. And to bring that to the world is one of the greatest joys I have because that impact, you know, Jenny, when you love your body and you love your life and gosh, you love your family, you're kinder, you're calmer, you're gentler. You can love your community and the world, no matter even if there's chaos or what appears to be drama swirling around you. Okay. I'm so swiping right right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just what you're saying, it's like leads to just this deep, deep, deep sense of alignment. And I can see how that would just reflect in every other area of life. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So switching gears a little bit. I know that you are at a place now where you have a really great relationship with food and with your body and with exercise. Can you just take us back in time though to the time when that wasn't the case and maybe you were on the struggle bus? Yeah, such an interesting word to use the word bus. You guys are going to find out a little bit more why that has meaning to me. But of course, I can tell you a little bit more about my story and my struggles with body because it was a 30-year a struggle. I'm just five years out of what was an incredibly painful, arduous, shameful journey, but absolutely very meaningful and filled with such purpose. And so I can remember walking through the halls of my middle school, 
And I was standing at five feet, six inches, 176 pounds. I remember that number. The nurse had weighed me that year. I was in eighth grade. And I was coming up to my locker and I was turning the combo on the lock. You know, you always remember the numbers. It's like 22 to the right, six to the left and a full circle zero, right? It's like I can remember the whole scene. And out from my locker, as I opened up my combination, floated down a piece of paper. And I thought to myself, okay, what is that? And I bent down and picked it up. And as I opened it up, there was this handwritten note with a drawing. And the drawing was of a bus. And the note read, Elizabeth is as big as a bus. And it was in that moment, it was like the world stopped and all I could hear was laughing of teenage boys behind me, the sounds of their snickering and tears just streamed down my face. I felt so ugly. And it was in that very moment, Jenny, that I remember accepting I would never be beautiful. I would never be beautiful. And I can remember going home that day and crying in my room and feeling so ashamed of my body shape and size. Being big was bad. It meant I wasn't accepted. It was hard to love me. And I made a pact to myself. I'm gonna prove to them, I can be skinny. I can be lovable. And it was that very day, I speak of it as <laughs> a metaphor, but really it was the reality. I got on a treadmill in my basement and started running. And I did not get off that treadmill for 30 years, I continued to run from myself as I took on this opinion that someone had, that I was ugly, that big was bad. And the whole experience of having to then live with that shame, but yet determination to prove them wrong, that my value did exist, that my worth was dependent on what they think, that the only way to be beautiful was to live through the culture standard of a Christina Aguilera, a Britney Spears. So I dropped 60 pounds in 12 months. By the time I reached ninth grade and into sophomore year, I was 117 soaking wet. And I remember the day my mom begged me to eat. And I could not get myself to put food into my body. Because even though everyone told me how beautiful I was, how remarkable my transformation was, all the guys asking me out, lining up to want to date me and hook up with me, my mind remained ugly. My thoughts remained ugly. And so as I ventured into 
college, post-college, New York City, living a life of the, you know, rich and famous, right? And working hard to, to begin, you know, my career. I struggled so much to get people to see my value, to prove to others that I could be beautiful, that their opinion of what beauty was and how my body and shape and size should look was far greater than my own opinion of myself, which truly was, I was ugly. And this led me to these oh, awful cycles of pushing in food to push down the feeling of pain and then doubling up on workouts to, you know, fix myself and put a stop to feeling broken because I needed to be a certain shape or size for someone to be in a relationship with me or for me to exceed or excel at work. I became a registered dietitian. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Food was a big part of my life. Exercise was what took up my headspace. But you know what, Jenny? Every time I sat across from someone and I gave them a meal plan or told them how to live their life, I felt like a fraud. I wasn't actually loving myself. And I wasn't even walking in my integrity with my word of health. I was binging, over drinking, taking drugs, abusing exercise. And that's when a lot of things shifted in my life. A change had to come. And it began a whole process of me letting go of this Elizabeth that believed she was ugly and stepping into a me that knows unshakably I'm beautiful. So that's my short version, my journey, my tale. Mm, my gosh. That it's powerful. I can feel my heart space is like squeezing and so activated right now. Mm, man. So you have this, it sounds like that, that moment where those bullies put that one note in your locker was like pivotal. Like there was your life before that moment. And then your life after, like that was kind of the catalyst of, um, solidifying this external message and you internalizing it of like, I am not beautiful. I am yeah. not worthy. I am not enough. And then, yeah, you, you drop a ton of weight very fast. You get all of that external validation, but still you're in that place internally of I'm not enough. I am not beautiful. I'm not of value. And yeah, I can see how like, and can identify so much with, um, and I'm sure people listening can too, this, this energy of like trying to outwardly prove and get that validation because it's not, it wasn't inherently in you already. Yeah. In fact, what happened in my eyes is, you know, I'm a teenager building my confidence and my sense of empowerment, right? And there were a few different experiences that led up to that and, you know, sort of context. I'm a very uh, empathic 
human being, I can feel a lot and I know a lot and I see a lot beyond what the, you know, average person does. So even prior to going into middle school, I was sensing and understanding and really so far inside of the feelings and emotions of my environment. And I didn't have a toolbox, Jenny. I didn't have someone telling me to deep breathe or let it out. So when it came down to expressing myself and letting out my feelings or letting go or releasing what I was feeling, I was looking around and I was watching people use food and even alcohol. And so I did what was familiar for me. And that's how even leading up to the middle school scene or experience I shared that I had had that weight on me. It was like I needed to soothe myself because I didn't have a toolbox or the sort of in-depth kind of support that would an empathic child may request of a parent. My parents are really busy people always on the go trying to make ends meet and support four kids on what we'd say an average income. And at times maybe even not enough. So my struggles with food really were a reflection of my own struggle with my own ability to process and make sense of my emotions. And there I created thoughts about myself in relationship to other people's reactions. I mean, when you're 12 and you notice that your belly's bigger than the girl sitting next to you, your mind automatically thinks there's something wrong with me. So I think there were uh, a beautiful combination and I use the word beautiful because I truly see my life as it has unfolded as beautiful that really led me to this place to be of service to both women and men who have been in the same position as that little Elizabeth. To be able to hold that beacon of light for them to see themselves in my story is how transformation begins. Yes, I'm I'm so glad you brought up that piece about emotions and, And especially as a young kid, when you are an empath and like (laughs) you're dealing with all of the pains and things that come with being young and growing up. And so that coupled with just being very like absorbing of and feeling things so deeply. And if you're not taught and like you're saying, given the the tools to, to process those things healthily, like you, you found your own way to process. And for you, it sounds like it came out in a lot of the ways in your relationship with food. Yeah. And it really, what it led me to do was think I had to be more like other people than I could be myself. You know, I had to, you know, think and look around on my feet. What can I do to soothe myself besides being with myself because that was uncomfortable. I didn't know how to process or make sense. And what little kid really does. I mean, we often are just kind of catapulted into the world and sort of asked to kind of figure it out. And our parents are just trying their best. And there's nothing really we can, you know, hold against them for 
doing what they know either. So yeah, it's uh, it was a beautiful experience of just having to witness myself as I came to a place within that, you know, I realized this isn't working for me. I had been living in New York City for about 10 years. I had, a, people would appear an incredible job at Mount Sinai Medical Center, helping adolescents who have eating disorders, counseling them, working on a side hustle at a practice, you know, privately, making pretty decent money. But I was in this incredibly difficult relationship. And I had attracted a partner that equally in their deepest sense of themselves struggled with their own confidence and self-esteem. And it was extraordinarily trying. I mean, to relate, we would often, you know, go out drinking and, you know, uh, we'd kind of find ourselves cuddling up over cookies or ice cream, you know, who doesn't have that kind of relationship when they're young? But what comes along with that was a lot of our own demons rearing their heads, you know, our own sort of insecurities popping up. And it just so happened that we wanted to try to make this work and we had that soul kind of connection but four years of on and off and not working out and mixed with all the kind of pressure of trying to get them to love me and fitting into this mold of beauty and always having to try to be perfect and all the anger and frustration that comes in the resentment when you overgive it was just so hard. So to kind of fast forward and help the listeners understand where I've now arrived at, five years ago, that relationship ended with that individual walking out and cutting out me in their life. And ultimately, I had to sit with myself. I had to look at my life. I was in a career that I felt like a fraud even though I had studied and understood the body and the metabolism and gotten a master's degree and a residency, I wasn't truly feeling like I was getting to the bottom of people's struggles with their body and food and exercise. And on top of that, I was in a mess with my own life trying to be something I never felt was possible. And here I was now, locked up into like my room in Upper West Side, completely crushed. How am I going to survive without the love of my life? And recognizing, I was feeling like, what's the point of it all if it's this hard? If I'm that unlovable? If I can never be beautiful? If no one ever really wants to be with me? And really, Jenny... I contemplated my life. I thought about ways to end it, imagined what it could look like, how it could be. And that was really eye-opening for me. But the crazy part about it is that no one knew this was going on. But one fateful day, a friend, she said, I want you to meet someone. And I said, okay. She said, well, we'll have to get in the car. We'll have to go to Virginia Beach. What's in Virginia Beach? And she said, a healer. And there was this really small, quiet voice that just said, 
go. And little did I know that day when I got in that car and drove down to that beach and met that healer, that that would be the day my entire life would transform. Oh, snap. Cliffhanger alert. (laughs) Okay. Wow. So before I'm, I'm pumped to hear the rest of this, before we move there, if you could pick three keywords to describe that phase of your life of the striving and not enough and food, body, exercise struggles, what would those three words be? Mm-mm. Yeah. Hard, broken, and ugly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're asking these, this big question, what, what is the point of it all? What's the point of my life? What's the purpose? If this, this, and this isn't feeling fulfilled, what am I doing here? And it sounds like an angel appeared in the form of your friend and you got that kind of tiny whisper of your intuition of just go, then what, how did things unfold? What shifted? (laughs) What happened? Yeah. Well, my entire life, I grew up thinking, you know, if I have the perfect body, you know, if I maintain this like nice fit shape and I get this, you know, good paying job and I have this, you know, partner in my life, then I'll be happy. You know, I I checked off majority of those boxes on the outward appearance. If you were to look at me on paper, but inwardly, as you guys all hear, I hated the way I looked, even though I was fit and healthy in appearance. And I felt like a fraud at my job, even though in appearance, it would have looked like a dream. And my relationship was in a complete struggle and challenge, even though we appeared to be quite a match. And so that day, you know, that experience of following that intuition, I met my mentor. It was so beautiful. You know, I remember meeting him for the first time and I was scared out of my mind. What am I going to talk about? You know, I'd always been spiritual and always had the capacity to see and hear spirit and, and, and actually communicate with, with the past loved ones on the other side, but I always pushed it down. And I remember meeting him and he said something very striking and I always remember it. And it was, you're looking to be powerful and you have been for a long time. And it was in that moment that he spoke to me, not that I was a human being in struggle, but that I was a soul that had arrived. And I remember the tears just streaming down my eyes. And it was in that conversation, he helped me see why I was in so much pain, the meaning I had made of the opinions of those boys and how I had concluded from that experience my own belief of myself. And in that, he helped me see that I didn't have to hold that anymore. It didn't have to be mine because it never was to begin with. And I let it go. And I remember he brought me through a meditation of seeing myself as a flower. And it was like for the first time in my entire life, I felt beautiful. And I'll never forget it because to this day, 
when I close my eyes and think of being beautiful, I see that flower I saw that day. And I have beautiful thoughts and I feed myself beautiful foods and I move in beautiful ways because I chose to believe I am beautiful. So I never stopped working with him because I never actually ever met someone who could speak to me and reach me in that depth that he did. So he became my mentor. And in a very short period of time, in six months, I was training under him. I quit Mount Sinai and I began my path. I quit, you know, uh, secure paychecks and, and uh, you know, healthcare and insurance. My parents thought I was nuts. Everyone said, what are you doing? I had $1,000 in my bank account. I had to make sacrifice, pay my bills or start an entrepreneur business. And I just said, this is my calling. I know I'm here to wake others up to the beauty of their life, their soul life journey. And so over a very short period of time, I began my business and I began to thrive. And the old partnership, I could sit in gratitude and even thank him for cutting me out of his life, being brave enough to truly love me rather than weak and keep me in limitation. And it was the most beautiful thing. I could see the real love of that, even though I didn't even wanna be with him anymore because I could see my value of my past who I am and the life I was leading. And it was a really beautiful experience. And so I'm ever evolving on that journey and continue to work with my beautiful teacher. And it's been wonderful. Wow. So you're, you are literally asking the question, what is the purpose of this all? Why am I here? And then it's like, whoops. Here's why, girl. It sounds like you your your mentor helped you almost like zoom out to 30,000 feet above on your life and understand um I'm picturing like this dark hazy fog that was like informing your way of being in your yeah. life and your world and relating to other people and and it was like that got lifted and you, you see all the beauty and the clarity of it. And you're like, oh shit, this, this is my, this is where I'm here to help other people with this, this exact same thing. Yeah. You know, so much of my headspace had been taken up by, you know, will I meet up to their expectation? You know, how do I please people so they're happy and they love me and like me? And, you know, so much of my inner bully would, you know, dictate my everyday choice and move and, and how I eat and what I wear and how I move or exercise. And once I chose for myself to let go of what really was never my real opinion, just something that I had accepted that somebody else said of me or drew a picture of me, 
I could actually allow for myself to be me and open up the flow of what that felt like, which was really well-being. There was more space. There was more um, feelings of freedom. There was more joy. And so I started to recognize that well-being was truly an inside job. And it was not dependent on what I ate or how I moved. Those were supplements to a real source of my own image I held of myself or the beliefs I carry of myself. When I know I'm beautiful, I eat beautiful. I move beautiful. But when I feel I'm ugly, I eat ugly. I move ugly. And so I started to understand that my thoughts really influence my well-being, my reality. Yes. 10,000%. And I'm noticing your photos of your flowers in, in the background there. <laughs> yeah, that's a lotus flower. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I'm curious, was, was this like an all-at-once moment for you? like you're describing it when you're a mentor or like what was the what was the journey Mm. like for you from that moment of of the blooming flower visualization and like maybe logically understanding okay what I'm doing isn't working I need to see myself as beautiful um yeah were there setbacks did you get pulled into old patterns you share more about the journey Oh, yeah. I am so human. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a practice. I actually had to fully commit to the practice. And I remember learning to process my emotions for the first time. I was in yoga and, you know, I was coming into this practice of yoga that I had deemed it was never possible for me, you know, cause I wasn't flexible and I wasn't, you know, the kind of body shape and size that would flourish or thrive in that practice. I had made all these limitations that I couldn't do it. But once I started to invite a feeling of being beautiful and feeling, you know, proud of my body and myself, I, I ventured into yoga and I remember being in pigeon pose and, oh, those of you who've done pigeon pose, you know the immediate sort of tension you feel, this automatic reaction of like, I can't do this. It's too painful. And I remember being in that and recognizing, holy crap, I've done that to myself my entire life. To be with myself, to be with my emotions, I have concluded it was too much, too painful, too scary. And I remember crying in that class and feeling just this liftedness after I allowed myself to move into the pose and honor the space and be with the pain. I remember leaving that day and I made a commitment to myself. I'm just going to allow myself to feel. And even preceding that day, I remember I broke a coffee cup in my apartment and I burst it into tears. And I was so angry at myself. It was like, ah, I broke this coffee cup and it wasn't even mine. It was my roommate's at the time. And I just sat on my bed and I gave myself the permission to be with that emotion instead of what I had done all those years, run and hide. 
And so my life has been a series of those kinds of experiences, you know, instead of hiding from the fear, I've chosen to commit to walk in and through it. And that means being okay with being uncomfortable. Is that always rainbows and butterflies? No. It is truly a journey of being human and going through the experiences of human life, trial, trepidation, meeting yourself at your own limit and dissolving, breaking through. There must be an integrity with what you say you want to do in order to be able to do what you want. And I had to teach myself that. And it was not always a beautiful, instantaneous process. Yes. I love asking that question. Like, did it happen all in one moment? Was it a perfect linear journey? Because it's so much of this transformation and process, although everyone's is unique and it's their own and, you know, their own flavor to it. But like such a key part of it is just saying yes to. Yeah the human experience and yeah we're here we're human we We chose to be here (laughs) believe it or not that's what I believe I know I came here by choice and I'm here by choice Mm. so if it is my choice to be here I might as well see it like a game and recognize like just like Morton Bradley the game of life you choose your car and you go buy sort of these squares and you have option to get married, go to college, you know, have to pay back taxes or, you know, buy a house. Everything that occurs in my life is a mirror image of my own understanding of myself and what I have chosen here to experience. And so I can meet and greet my life in its own challenge as opportunity and space of growth. That is the awakening of the beauty of our soul journey, our life journey. That is living life in your design. And particularly with loving your body, you've chosen your body. Why not educate yourself on why and begin to grow appreciation and humbleness for what is, because you only ride in this vehicle and then you die. Mm. Yes, this is like, (laughs) I feel like everything you're saying is just like bombs, bombs, bombs. So yes, let's just mm, let that simmer. I'm so glad you're finding enlightenment and I hope your community as well. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is all, I am very much aligned with everything that you're saying. The major, I mean, if not all of my previous guests, it's been, um, there hasn't been the spiritual depth. So I'm really excited for people to hear this and maybe begin to question, um, just get curious about their own spirit and soul's journey and Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just illuminating that part of their life. So if you could pick three keywords to describe where you are now 
in your relationship with your body and with food and with movement, what would those three words be? Mm, power. Humble. Mm. Ease. Power, humble, ease. It's beautiful. Okay, I have I have two more questions for you. Does that work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on your Instagram, I was super drawn to this one post in particular, and it was a quote from you, and it says, miracles emerge in your life when you love your body. So I was wondering if you could just expand a little more on that, maybe how you've seen that in your own life, how you've seen it in client's life, wherever you feel led to go. Yeah, that's such a beautiful quote, isn't it? Miracles emerge when you love your body. And really, after sharing my whole story, you see all of the trepidation and challenge that came about of just that one experience and believing that I was ugly, you know, all the things that came forward, all the trouble, all the pushing, all the hard work led me to that space of contemplation, like why? And it's in the moment that I really opened up to a vibration far greater than ugliness, beauty, you know, the vibration of beauty, it's light, it's bright, it's expansive. And I allowed for that to reach into my heart center. Miracles did arrive. I grew practice out of almost nothing in my bank account. I started talking to people in my community to give presentations and host talks. I got on a radio show and started hosting, you know, I I built, you know, all this beautiful community around me. And the more and more I allowed for my body to receive that love, the vibration of beauty, the more and more things just came out of nowhere that supported me in this calling to open up, to awaken people to the beauty of their life. My path revealed, my purpose made clear, and all the people I'm meant to help flow in nice and easily. It was amazing. That is what I mean when you love your body, miracles emerge. Wow. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) I love it. I love your your response. (laughs) There's like a million words and things that I, but like words and things don't really do it justice. So that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Okay, last question to wrap things up today. Sure. What are your words of wisdom or encouragement to someone on their path now who is maybe the past version of you and mm-hmm. are really stuck in that cycle? Maybe they don't even know how to begin to like love their body or that feels like the most impossible thing ever. What are your words for them? Yeah, that's beautiful. I would say if you could 
Just give yourself a second, perhaps as you're listening to this, and just in a reflective moment, find the threads of commonality in my own story and see that everything in life happens for a good reason and for a purpose. And although you may be in pain and in hurt and feeling as though you have no way out or can't possibly think of a solution, the moment you transform your own ability to see beyond what has been, you can open up to new possibilities to arrive at your door right now. So I invite you to just be in an open space of allowing yourself to be revealed in your next leg of your journey. Is more simply put, I am ready for my journey to be revealed to me now. It's something you can just simply invite into your body and just allow things to continuously bring you on your path. You never know, you might be drawn to a coach. You might find that program that resonates with you. You might suddenly start to, you know, feel more attraction to a certain way or pattern of eating or a book. Any of those things can transform your life. You just have to be ready to receive and allow that. So stepping out of, I don't know, or I'm not sure, or it feels confusing and into a space of, I'm open for my path to be revealed to me now. That is so open and expansive and full of possibility. And even if in the moment nothing has changed, continue to hold space with that. But the universe is hearing you and answering your call. Beautiful. So beautiful. Elizabeth, how can our listeners connect with you, you can get in touch and learn more about you, work with you, all that good yeah. stuff. Well, I love community. So something that I have created for people who really resonate with my, my message is to come and join us on Empowered Soul Facebook group. It's a free community by uh, invite. So you just click on invite and I bring you in and you get to circulate inside of a beautiful space of spiritually curious visionaries, entrepreneurs, healers, leaders, and we're really coming together in a safe beautiful way that supports one another to share our opinions and points of view, but also to really invite this sort of community of making an impact in the world. So being empowered to make a difference and particularly around loving ourselves and therefore our life, how that can really radiate into our communities. That's one way. And of course, as you mentioned, Instagram my handle is Elizabeth M. Tripp, and you can find all my lovely notes I post daily. And they're a link tree to all different ways that we can uh, more deeply get to know each other. And in fact, take a life design quiz that's uh, up on that page. And that really brings you forward into my uh, more in sort of one-on-one -on -one working and how that looks and what that could be like. Great. All of that will be linked in the show notes. So Anyone listening can just 
click a link and pop on over wham bam thank you so much for this this was so beautiful thank you for your your presence and just bringing your wisdom and sharing your story so beautifully and powerfully i know that anyone who hears this is going to be touched deeply and on whatever level they are ready for yeah yeah I I feel that same way. So thank you so much for inviting me to think and thrive, Jenny. We really did think and we are really thriving in this conversation. So it was beautiful. Let's go. So thank you so much. (laughs) Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Yes, thank you. I am so glad that you chose to queue up Think to Thrive today. This is a meaningful step towards your goal, so kudos to you. Hey, question. How can you make someone else's day better today? Think about it. And tune in to the next episode of Think to Thrive. I'm Jenny. Thanks for listening.